This Thursday, January 18th, NBA betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Ross, we're brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And Ross, we're brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. 15% off of everything when you use, when you use promo code PLAYOFFS. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, January the 18th, currently 11.03 on the East Coast. Here to get into our NBA betting picks for the Thursday night card in the association. Joining me, as usual, to help me break it all down, I got my guy here with me. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? How are you doing this Thursday? They're doing pretty well. Had a pretty decent day on Wednesday. Ended up winning the lock. I had the Lakers and Mavericks game under, which got there. Uh, Besides that, I ended up losing the dog. I had uh, some type of alt rebounds with Hartenstein. That wasn't that close, but still. Played 41 minutes. He just only had 11 rebounds, which is kind of unfortunate. But yeah, the Lakers game worked out for me. Uh, The Nets, once again, blew another lead. They can't score. They lost to Portland outright again because Simons had the game-winning buzzer beater. Mm -hmm. Uh, Besides that, the Bucks handicapped that. Uh, Terrell and I did kind of went out the window because Giannis ended up not uh, not playing and Cleveland killed them. Detroit covered. So there's that. I, I leaned to Detroit plus the points and they yeah. maybe not look like an idiot for once. So I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other games that were really that important. Toronto killed Miami. Uh, but once again, not many games that I thought were that entertaining. Mm-hmm. Did you find many games you thought that were good? Because it felt like every single day in the NBA now, you get at least half the slate uh, being blowouts, yeah. and it felt kind of the same way yesterday. I mean, I'm going through the margin here. Atlanta had the DeJounte Murray buzzer beater. Uh, mm-hmm. You had the Simons buzzer beater. You had the Pistons game, which I guess technically was close, even though Minnesota yeah. was up double digits in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But Boston won by 19. Cleveland won by 40. The Knicks won by 15. The Raptors won by 24. The Pelicans won by 20. And the Lakers won by 17. So most of the games, once again, yesterday were lopsided, which we've seen pretty much day in, day out for the last week and a half. Yeah, that's kind of been the story in the association. It's been the National Blowout Association, at least over the uh, last several weeks. But I think the only games I was really paying attention was that first quarter for the Timberwolves and the Pistons. I actually took the Pistons' first quarter money line. That one got to the window barely. Um, I mean, you mentioned the Magic and Hawks. That one went down to the wire as far as... as well as the Nets and uh, Blazers, like you mentioned. But other than that, the Mavericks and Lakers were close at the half until the Lakers uh, broke it open in that third quarter, winning that uh, third quarter by 15 points. But other than that, um, I mean, like you mentioned it there, uh, Scott, it's been a blowout um, in all the rest of the game. So hopefully we soon get back to some more competitive uh, basketball. A couple of players that had triple doubles last night. Brandon Ingram finished up with a triple double against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Luca uh, made his return back against the Lakers. He finished up with a triple double. And then Anthony Davis fell one assist uh, shy of getting a triple double last night. So 
Um, yeah, hopefully we do see some more competitive basketball. I was nearly close um, to betting the over in the Bucks and the Cavs game, at least in the first half. And then as, as, as I'm approaching to hit the confirm button, I see the Giannis student co- uh, come across and then I quickly X that out uh, immediately and uh, uh, think I saved myself some money there. But yeah, I mean, I mean, anything else I want to mention? I th- it's getting kind of... I don't want to say boring. Yeah, but we need we need to get back to some competitive basketball here. I think that's probably the uh, the correct word. But We're only anything else from last night? Season. Like just just wait until you start seeing teams potentially tank yeah. even further. Luckily, yeah. I guess is that the draft class upcoming is not supposed to be that great. Now you're mm-hmm. still going to hear some hyped up prospects close to get the draft because that's how it goes every year. Right. A lot of people are waiting for Cooper Flag to come out about a year from now, uh, but. As of right now, this upcoming draft class seems relatively weak. So that's why I do once again wonder if tanking will be as extreme. You got to talk about the trade, though, because Toronto won the game anyway, but there was yeah. one big trade in the NBA. Siakam ends mm-hmm. up going to Indiana. I'm going to let you give your thoughts first because I kind of shared all my thoughts on Twitter, but I'll let you go first. Uh, were you a fan of the trade? Did you hate the trade? What were your thoughts? Um, I think the... Pacers got fleeced um, in the trade, and I think it's contingent on if Siakam obviously resigns with the Pacers in the off season. On paper, I like the move for the Pacers because they did need some type of second consistent score for this Pacers team next to Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I don't hate Siakam. I think he's a he's a good player. Obviously, he's made an all-star team. But I think for the compensation that the Raptors got in return for number one, OG Ananobi and the trade that they made with the Knicks and also with Siakam, uh, they've accumulated some draft capital. Uh, but I, I, I like the move for the Raptors. I hate it right now for the Pacers, but that's contingent on if Siakam re-signs with the Indiana Pacers. Because if you have... Siakam and Tyrese Halliburton kind of as your building blocks. Um, you know, I, I think that's something to look forward to if you're an Indiana, Indiana Pacers um, fan. But I think that they I think they needed that consistent score next to uh, Halliburton in this on this roster. I think they got that at least for this season, Scott. But if he resigns in the offseason with the Pacers, then I think it'll pay dividends for the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I think if you're asking me who I think won the trade, I think it's Toronto. Just simply yeah, put, I think sure. they got a ton in exchange for a guy that was probably not going to be back there. I see it's weird to evaluate draft capital now because you can make an argument that with all the young, extremely young prospects that enter the league, either right out of uh, basically one year of college or if they go to the uh, overseas elite, uh, not overseas elite, um, what, the what's G the League elite. in the G League? Thank you. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah the, I, all those names of the teams merge together. <laughs> no. Anyway, yeah. point is. If you go to any of those, you're taking a gamble. So I feel like you make an argument that NBA picks aren't as valuable as they used to be because it's a crapshoot, even more so than it used to be because you have less film on these guys. And the leagues they do play in, the G League or anything like that, it's a weak competition. I mean, we saw that with the Thompson Twins, who turned out to be pretty good, but they didn't play against anybody because they didn't go to college and didn't really know much about them. So on one hand, I understand that draft capital isn't the same exchange rate as it used to be, and right. we saw Gobert go for a bunch of picks. DeJounte went for three first-round picks. We've seen a lot more first-round picks attached to these trades than in previous years because I'm not sure how much these GMs actually like the draft picks. 
because yeah. they don't know anything about how these players are going to turn out. So there is some gambling involved on behalf of the front offices. Having said that, does Bruce Brown suck now? Like you get you sign Bruce Brown to a big contract during the offseason. You trade him and three first round picks? Like, why would you pay for Bruce Brown if you like I, I just don't understand how that kind of wrinkle worked itself out. I know Kyra Lewis and some other Pelicans, you know, compensation yeah. was thrown in there. I don't understand the Bruce Brown inclusion, or maybe Bruce Brown was just a massive colossal failure by the front office in the first place. Yeah. But I thought that was kind of weird. I think Bruce Brown's a good player. He won a title last year, and now yeah. you're unloading him with three firsts. And you know Toronto's going to flip him. So I right. don't know why like that. You, you needed him and the three firsts. But, I mean, you mentioned the main point. Is Siakam guaranteed to resign? No. Not at yeah. all. So the yeah. point is, it seems according to early reports, Siakam's looking forward to negotiating during the yeah. summer. Yeah, the summer's a long way away. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't trade for somebody without having ink and paper already set in stone on a new mm -hmm. deal. So it's a yeah. massive gamble by Indiana because no matter how things sound now, let's say Indiana just a maybe isn't the nicest place for Siakam to live in. He's been living in Canada. Maybe he just doesn't like living there. Or maybe he spends time in Indiana and realized, you know what? I don't like Rick Carlisle. You know, there's a couple yeah. things that can go wrong. But yeah. if you're on a team for a couple months and you're gambling and trading serious assets for a guy that you don't know for certain is going to be on your team next year, I'm probably not going to trade for you. And I do think that Siakam, if he stays in Indiana long term, yes, it could be a fun little combo between him and Halliburton. How good is the combo? Like the East is kind of difficult up top. I you can argue that there's not many elite elite teams, but right. Boston's very good. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee, you can argue, you know, has flaws, but they're still a good team record wise. Indiana still doesn't really guard anybody. They've gotten better at it. Is Siakam a great defensive player? Not really. I, I think he's fine defensively. Yeah. So does he move the needle? Not really. And yeah. I guess the counterpoint though is that Indiana isn't exactly a phenomenal free agent destination. So mm -hmm. if you have cap space and nobody wants to go to your city anyway or your state, then I guess you have to overpay for some guys. But I don't know. It feels like Siakam doesn't move the needle. It's symbolic that Indiana's trying to stop being the fun up-and-coming team, and they're trying to make their presence known that they're ready to potentially compete year in, year out. But in reality, I don't think they're good enough, and I think that they gave up a lot of compensation for a guy that in theory – could walk in the offseason because the franchise tag doesn't exist. Yeah, I think like what you mentioned, like what is the value of these first round picks, right? For for these um for these uh teams. And I think for the Pacers, like you're correct that it's not an attractive free agent destination. So, you know, teams like Oklahoma City Thunder and like the Indiana Pacers, and you got Throw in the Rockets, I think, in that conversation as well. I think that Rockets may be a different conversation because we don't have state income tax. And if you're if they're if these players are um smart financially, that they'll realize that going to some of these states that don't have a state income tax. But I think that's a separate conversation. But I, I think for for the Pacers, I when we talk about making a move for just to making a move, I don't think this was that, but I just did feel like that. I think Siakam is definitely going to add something on the offensive side for this team because when you see Halle Burton when he's injured and not playing on the floor like this offense is is very stagnant like it doesn't there's no flow to the offense and they don't have that primary score now if 
we've seen Halliburton get, you know, injured over the last two seasons, including this season for an extended amount of time. And the Pacers just have been very good. I am. I mean, I don't hate Siakam. I think like you like we I think we're both agreeing and they were kind of getting to the same point that this may just turn into a very bad trade for the Pacers if the fact that he does not resign with the Indiana Pacers. But I think if you're free agents or your other teams are looking to make trades and say, okay, hey, Indiana Pacers, they have Tyrese Halliburton on this team. They have Pascal Siakam. You know, maybe I can go to that team and add something because also, Scott, we've talked about this a lot on the pod is that for the past several seasons and the past several st- uh, trade deadlines, Buddy Heald's name and Miles Turner uh, have been in rumors, not only in the offseason, but during the NBA trade deadline as well. What's their value in the market for those two players and trading them to a team that can add to what they have with uh, with with Halley and Siakam? We'll see. But I, I I mean I don't I don't I don't completely hate the movies is what I'm not thinking, what I'm trying to get at. But like we mentioned, I, I understand it. I, I yeah. feel like I would be more understanding of the move if he was under contract. If he signed the contract the extension the season, as well, yeah. But yeah. the fact that you're gambling this far out. And yeah. I am going to ask you, Bruce Brown, as I said before, might have been an overpay by Indiana in the offseason because they desperately need to overpay in order sure. to get players. Yeah, Bruce Brown hasn't really worked out with this team. What do you think his value is worth? One first-round pick, maybe? I think he's been a bad fit. Um, yeah. for he's what still, of course, the- a desirable guy um, yeah. for other franchises because he is a great role player. He won a title last year. exactly. And I, as a result, I'm assuming you agree he's worth one first-round pick, correct? Oh, yeah, 100%, for sure. So Indiana um, traded four first-round picks for an expiring contract. Yeah. That's my problem with it. Now, yeah. once again, Siaka might not be expiring if he does sign extension, but as of yeah. right now, there's no way in hell I would ever part ways with three or four first-round picks, no matter mm-hmm. how diminished the value is, if mm-hmm. I did not have a guarantee that he's on my team for the next four or five years. I yeah. think that's crazy. And that I think that's some of the risks that these front offices have to take, um, you know, at least for the short term, trying to improve the roster. And then, you know, coming back in the offseason saying, hey, look, this is what we did with you on the roster. This is our plan to add some more talent to the roster and then compete in the Eastern Conference. Like you mentioned, it's there's only maybe two teams, three teams. When we talk about the top of the East in the in the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and then the Milwaukee Bucks, and then, you know, at least two out of those three teams, or maybe all three teams have their flaws as well. So I think after that, from four through eight, the window is open. I think that's what maybe the Pacers are trying to take advantage of right now. But again, for them, we've talked about this a lot as well, Scott. That is, it has to start for them on the defensive side of the basketball. Offensively, we know what Rick Carlisle can do. A genius on that side, but is on the defensive side of what they're going to be able to do uh, if they do want to compete, not only for making a making the playoffs, but uh, being considered as a serious contender in the Eastern Conference. I want to point out one thing that Daniel said yeah. in the chat. Uh, he said that picks aren't really worth anything. There's two ways to look at it. On one hand, you don't know which players are going to be good at this point, based yeah. on the uncertainty and how young the prospect crop is. So you can make an argument that picks maybe are not worth as much in order because you're gambling no matter what. On the other hand, you could say that picks in terms of quantity do matter because you get more lotto balls. You have more chances of potentially hitting on a guy that you don't really know if he's going to work out or not. So with so much uncertainty and so much uh, just volatility associated with the draft nowadays, especially getting more opportunities to find the right guy does have some value to it because you can make right. an argument that there's going to be more gems late in the draft because nobody knows who's good at the top of the draft. So you can make right. an argument yeah. either way that yeah. you don't know anymore, which could hurt the very, very top picks. But on the other hand, you can always try to gamble and try to pick up a gem 
at the end of yeah. the first round, maybe early second round. I'm not going to say Jokic because that's kind of a once-in-a-generation type player, but you get my point. Right. You yeah. can still find a lot of solid gems in the draft, especially this past year. There's a lot. There's been a lot of guys outside the top 10 who turned out to Wasn't be Kawhi solid like, immediate players. Kawhi went like number 13 or something like that overall, if I'm not mistaken. Take, but I'm saying even last yeah. year, like you can look at Pods from the, from the Warriors and go down the line. Yeah. There's been a lot of solid players who most people didn't really think of as being serious prospects. Mm -hmm. So... I understand drafts picks individually are a lot riskier than they used to be. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say they don't matter because yeah. you still have to try to find some budget options through the draft. And occasionally you find somebody. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so we'll put a lid on that. And then I can think we'll, we'll see what transpires for this um, Pacers. Team. We'll talk about the Pacers here because they do play tonight uh, in Sacramento. Um, so I think we were remiss not to mention the unfortunate news that we did get yesterday with the Warriors assistant coach um, passing away at a very young age. I know that they had postponed the game and a lot of people were um, questioning on why the game was postponed. But I, I, I think that um, it was the right decision made by the league and also obviously the Golden State Warriors when something sudden like that happened. So I thought we did uh, want to mention that on for the unfortunate passing of the Golden State Warriors uh, assistant coach at a very young age of 46 years old. Yes, um, sorry for their loss. Do want to ask you, by yeah. the way, when you said the NBA made the right decision, this was yeah. definitely like ninety nine point nine percent Warriors decision. Probably right? Warriors, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. their their Friday game has also been postponed as well against the Mavericks. So, um, you know, it is unfortunate. I think you know, family and and health and all that comes before playing a basketball game. So, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers out to the Warriors organization, also uh, the assistant coach's family. That um, you know, after the passing of him, so. Um, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, all right, Scott. Before we get into the games here for uh, the Thursday night schedule in the association, uh, let me tell everyone about DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. You know, I'm going to be all over my Texans this weekend, plus the nine and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, you can call me a homer. It's going to be a homer pick, but um, no way I am laying that many points outside of a touchdown with the Ravens, even if, even if they do dominate the Texans. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On, on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Scott, let's get into the games here for tonight on the Thursday night schedule in the association. The first game on the board, it is going to be the Washington Wizards. They are headed to Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Knicks. Knicks currently laying 12 points in this game as a home favorite. With a total of 233 and a half, uh, the Knicks did play last night against the Houston Rockets and um, took care of business in that game. They're right back here uh, against the Washington Wizards. Let's look at the injury report here for both of these teams. For the Wizards, pretty clean injury report. Only player that is going to be out is going to be Daniel Gafford. 
the players that they did trade for in Marvin Bagley, the third, uh, um, are going to be able to make their debut here tonight. Nothing yet submitted for the New York Knicks. Uh, like I mentioned, as they did play last night against the Houston Rockets. So keep an eye out for that injury report. Scott, let's start with a side here. Minus 12 in favor of the New York Knicks hosting the Washington uh, Wizards. So obviously the Knicks are the much better team. Uh, they've won each of the first two meetings by at least 16 points. However, it really is not a great spot for the Knicks. And I'm a little bit confused on what Tibbs was doing last night because they were coasting for most of the uh, fourth quarter against mm-hmm. Houston, where I think they were up by basically 10 the entire quarter. And if you're looking at the minutes played by the starters, why didn't you use your bench a bit more? Like the starters were in with two and a half minutes to go. They're up 17. Like, I, I don't really know what the point was, but <laughs> Randall played 34 minutes. Uh, he had 31 points. So 34 minutes, reasonable in that game. And Anobi played 43. Hardenstein played 41, including the entire fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Brunson played 37. Why did all of them play that many minutes? I have no idea. I, I, I just felt like Tibbs decided I'm going to let my starters win this game when they were easily going to win the game the entire fourth quarter. Houston can't score. I think yep. you're aware of that watching them play, especially right. on the road. They can't yep. score. So I don't know why all the starters played that many minutes, but the point is I think I'm going to lean to Washington because of it. It's a better scheduling spot. Washington did not play yesterday. The fact that the Knicks used their starters for that many minutes, maybe they're going to sit. We'll see what happens. The point is I do think that you're looking at a decent spot. I don't want to compare it exactly to the Pistons game yesterday where the Pistons did end up covering, but yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot of points for a team that uses their starters for a bunch of minutes last night for – Basically, no reason, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. So mm-hmm. I'm going to lean to the Wizards plus the points. It's a lot to be laying with a team on a back-to-back that used their starters for a ton of minutes. I'm going to lean to Washington. Yeah, tough scheduling spot here for the Knicks. I think that's a handicap here for this Knicks team is that they played Monday, they played Wednesday last night, they have a game tonight, and then they play against Saturday at home against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, so maybe a look-ahead spot for... Both teams after the what transpired with the trade, I know that maybe you know, Emmanuel quickly and RJ Baird will have some revenge on their mind in that game, and also maybe OG and Anobi as well. But um, and we also don't know that Jalen Brunson yesterday was up until close to game time was a questionable tag, and he ended up playing. He's in with a calf issue, and they said it's more of a pain tolerance thing than it getting any worse for Jalen Brunson. So. We could possibly see Jalen Brunson sit here tonight against the Wizards in, I don't want to call it a meaningless game, but in a game like you mentioned, Scott, that their starters played so many minutes last night. So I also do like the, the scheduling spot here in favor of the Washington Wizards plus the 12. And again, I know Terrell has mentioned this a lot, that some player that comes into MSG turns into Michael Jordan uh, when they are playing in the Mecca. So uh, definitely look out for that for sure. So plus 12 for both of us here uh, against the New York Knicks with the Wizards. Scott. Thoughts on the total here currently sitting at 233.5. I think this one might be a little bit uh, difficult to handicap just because we may not know who's playing with the uh, for the Knicks. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean under assuming the Knicks sit some guys, but I really don't have much for the total in this game. It's, t- yeah. it's tough to tell because I know Thibodeau loves to play all his guys a bunch of minutes, and I get all that, but still, I it does seem like a very good spot to sit half the team. And Brunson did come back from injury recently, played a lot of minutes, was very good in the second half. I think he had like 25 or 27 in the second half last night. But I don't see the incentive of forcing your guys to play back-to-back uh, games in this spot. I feel like the Knicks might sit some guys, so we'll see. But I guess I'm going to lean under because I'm expecting the Knicks to sit some guys. And I do think the Knicks bench unit, who might get promoted to the starting lineup, can still guard pretty well. So I guess I'm going to lean under, but I really don't have much for this total. Uh, any thoughts uh, on any player props in this game? 
Yeah, I think Jordan Poole is going to be terrible tonight. Uh, I'm going to link the pool <laughs> under in the spot. I think his PRA was at about 23 and a half, I think was the number uh, that I saw. Yeah. Uh, so to go through his numbers against the Knicks recently, not very good. In fact, he's gone under this number in four of his last five games against the Knicks. It's 22 and a half PRA. Uh, he's, he's also had less than 23 PRA in seven of his last 10 games. And the Knicks are allowing just 110.9 points per game, which is tied for the third fewest in the league. I understand it's MSG. People have been trying to make up, like, get-up spots for Poole for the last year and a half because he's not yeah, very just, good, and they keep trying yeah. to convince themselves that it's a good spot. Yeah, I'm not going to bother. Like, just give me Poole under uh, for his PRA. I like Hardenstein, but he played a bunch of minutes, played the entire fourth quarter last night. Does he sit maybe? I don't know. I think I like Randall props, though. He played 34 minutes, so, like, his minutes were relatively normal yesterday. So I think Randall might be in line for a good game. Gafford's out. They don't really have any rim protection. I think Randall can't even get a bigger boost if, Brun- if uh, Brunson does not play. So I am going to lean more to Randall props because 34 minutes is actually pretty light compared to the rest of the starting lineup. Last three games for Julius Randall against the Wizards, 46 points, 22 points, and 39 points. Um, I forgot somebody mentioned the pivot for Josh Hart rebounds. Uh, Adam uh, said Josh Hustle Hart rebounds could be a look too as well. Yeah, I think that if Hartenstein – I don't think Hartenstein will end up sitting, but the amount of minutes that he did play last night – um, could be a factor as far as fatigue goes. Uh, so I think that's a, a good pivot as far as rebounding props. I agree about your uh, Julius Randle um, look there as far as his points. I think the starting center for them may just end up being Marvin Bagley after the trade with the Pistons. We'll see how effective he is going to be. But other than that, um, I think that I think that was pretty much it because, yeah, I didn't really like much else in this game. Um, anything else you got? No, not really. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. We'll go with the Chicago Bulls. They are in the sixth to take on the Toronto Raptors. Raptors are currently catching two points at home in this game with a total of 228. Looking at the injury report for the Chicago Bulls, they will be without Torrey Craig. Ayodesumo is questionable here tonight. Uh, Andre Drummond is probable. Uh, and Patrick Williams is questionable. So two questionable tags with Io DeSumo and Patrick Williams, and then probable tag on Andre Drummond. For the Toronto Raptors, uh, like we talked about, they did play last night against the Miami Heat in blowout fashion. Um, I'm sure Scott has his starter minutes there. So, Scott, why don't you lead us off here? Uh, Bulls minus two on the road here against the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the Raptors. Of course, this roster isn't as talented without Siakam, but you couldn't have been able to tell that last night because they were burying Miami by about 30 at halftime. Uh, you're looking at the Bulls, though. Not a good road team. 6-13 and 13 straight up, so anytime they're laying points on the road, I'm generally going to stay away from them. Uh, but Toronto has been competitive against the Bulls so far this season. Did lose the first game in overtime in Chicago by 1. Won the only home game by 13. Yes, I know that Siakam's not there, but unlike the Knicks... They were able to rest a lot of guys because they were up by a lot against Miami in that game, so they didn't have to give all their starters 40 minutes. I'm going to lean Toronto in the spot. It's mostly Chicago being a bad road team. I think Toronto, maybe in the short term without Siakam, they're going to feel a bit more opportunity for themselves. Maybe Barnes gets going again. You're going to see more shots for quickly and Barrett, et cetera. Look good yesterday. maybe, Maybe it's an overreaction of that Heat game, but they're at home, no travel, didn't really use the starters much in the second half. I'm going to lean to Toronto. I really don't want to like two with Chicago on the road. 
Yeah, I, I'm not sure if I can trust Chicago laying points here. I do understand, like you mentioned, that this roster is not as good, obviously, without um, Pascal Siakam after the trade. But the Bulls on the road this season, 6-13 and 13 straight up, 8-11 and 11 against the spread. Uh, that's not a team that I do want to back. And I think that, you know, you mentioned with the Raptors, they are at home, so they not much of a travel situation for them, even though they are on a back-to-back. But just for reference, Raptors on a back-to-back this season, they are two and five straight up, three and four against the spread, and five and two towards the over uh, in those games. Um, so let's get to the total here. I'll lean with the Raptors here as well. There's no way I'm laying uh, with the Bulls here, even if it is just one possession of two points in this game. So I'll, I'll take the home underdog here. Scott total is sitting at uh, two. 28 in this game. You have any thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to lean under. Maybe Miami just no showed the game, but I thought Toronto was actually good defensively in that game yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe Toronto can piece it together one more game. We'll see what happens. Chicago on the road has not been great, as I said before. Chicago's also hasn't really been involved in that many high score games recently. Part of it's yeah. because of pace or lack thereof. Uh, but I do think the Bulls are kind of operating more in the half court, and that's going to result in a slower pace game. I think, once again, look at the Bulls' recent results. Their game against Cleveland landed 200. They had a high-scoring game against the Spurs to some degree at 238, but the Spurs don't guard anybody. Had a high-scoring game against the Warriors, and then a couple overtime games that inflated their overall scoring. So 227.5 feels a bit high to me. I think I'm going to lean under. I'm not really going to play it, uh, but I do think I'm going to lean under in this game. Yeah, prior to the... Return of Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. There was a stretch where the unders were absolutely cashing uh, for the Chicago Bulls. And obviously, when we know Levine doesn't play a lot of defense, um, it's funny that the over started cashing as soon as him and Vucevic returned. I know for the last five games, I've gone over the total for the Chicago Bulls. And I know two of those games did go into overtime for the Chicago Bulls. So I th- potentially get over the total there. But um, I'll lean with the over. Um, I'm not playing well, it once again. Yeah, I, I get. I, I'll lean with it, but I'm not going to have my money on the total in this game here. Uh, player props, what are you looking at? Yeah, so for player props, I saw somebody mentioning before Vucevic should be in line for a good game because Toronto's front court is in flux. Yesterday's a good example of why uh, Terrell and I can't stand Bam because he has a great matchup and he goes for 16 points and five rebounds in like 36 minutes. And you just don't know why he can't consistently put together dominant efforts. But Vucevic is in line for a good game here. I probably like his rebounds in this game. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else I am tempted by because it's really tough without Siakam. You got to figure out who on Toronto is going to step up. And yesterday's game didn't really tell you much because they were up by so many points. They didn't bother. And Trent Jr. scored 28 points on 10 of 13 shooting. So I think if I was going to go anywhere, it probably would be quickly assists. Nine assists and eight rebounds? Like, Good game for quickly, 17, yeah. 8, and 9 in 30 minutes. Uh, Barrett rebounds have been good for me, so I'm going to go back to it. Pirtle did come back, by the way. He played 18 minutes yesterday. So oh, he did? 18, 18 minutes, though, wasn't really much. I'm assuming he'll play in this game, too. So at least mm-hmm. they have some form of a center. I don't know how many minutes, but at least he's back in the lineup. It seemed like the ball movement was pretty sharp for Toronto. They scored 78 points in the first half. But quickly had nine assists. Barnes had eight assists. Even Schroeder off the bench had six. I like the ball movement there. I'll go to quickly assist. Uh, yep. Pearl's not back yet. It looks similar because the guy's center, his name is Jonte Porter. Oh, sorry, Porter. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. In my bad. I know you're good. Yeah, so um, Porter played center. Apologies. Yeah. 
Uh, I do like uh, Scotty Barnes in this matchup uh, against the Bulls. Um, they, I think this is the third matchup this season between these two teams, and Scotty Barnes has had a double-double uh, in both games. In one of the games, he actually had a triple-double for the um, Toronto Raptors. I know last night, I think he had eight assists for the uh, Toronto Raptors. So I'm looking what his double-double odds are right now. Let me see if, here, if I can find it. Um Double double tonight for Scotty Barnes is going to be plus one seventy five. I, I do like that. Good Therefore, deal. yeah, that's yeah. a good deal. Um, I do like his rebounds. It is a there's a little bit juice at minus one fifty on his rebounds. But if you want to take his combo of assistant rebounds to go over, I I do like that look for him as well. It's at thirteen and a half at even money. Uh, but I do like that value on the double double here for Scotty Barnes. Quickly, you mentioned, um. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, I think when they were playing either the Kings or West Coast, and we talked about the three-pointers for him, um, he's been consistently getting them up against or with the Toronto Raptors. He's knocked down at least three. He's been alternating between you know, hitting three and then not hitting three. But I think this is a favorable matchup here against the Bulls, who are not a very good three-point shooting uh, defense. So quickly assist um, with you there, and also look at his over two-and-a-half three-pointers made in this game here as well. Anything else for this game, Scott? No, not really. I mentioned Barrett rebounds as well. Quickly assist, yeah. I'm tempted by. Quickly assist might be really undervalued because you don't have Siakam having the ball a decent amount now. So the fact that quickly is the main ball handler on this team should result in a pretty good stat line that maybe the Ozmakers aren't accustomed to. The eight rebounds yesterday might have been fluky, but I do think the nine assists is symbolic of an, a really mispriced assist market for quickly in the near future. So I'm just going to keep taking the overs on his assist. Yeah, I agree. Um, a lot of guys liking stuff in the in the chat here for this game. Um, Josiah pointing out he likes over 11 and a half. Uh, it's a tough take for this. Uh, I've had mixed results tempting. with Vucevic rebounding. Yeah, so. it's always hit or miss. He was so consistent like early with the Bulls, but it's been hit or miss uh, with him over the past several Weeks, I guess we can say. I know Levine's been good at rebounding recently. Uh, I just want to yeah. quickly look at his numbers. Um, but let me just pull up Levine because I'm pretty sure Levine has had a couple of like, really good rebounding games. Uh, so let me just see what I can get for his prop there. Uh, Levine rebounds are set at. Sorry, just pulling it it's up. Probably five and a half in my. I would guess. Uh, yeah, it's five and a half. Yeah. Uh, looking at the rebounds for Levine though in the last couple of games. Uh, to read them off, Levine in the last few, he's had six plus rebounds in three of the last four, eight plus rebounds in two of the last four. So once again, he has been getting a bit more involved. We have the minutes for Levine are always going to be there. He's been playing 35, 34 plus minutes since he came back. So I think Levine is a decent look for rebounds of five and a half. All right. All right. Before we get over to the next game on the schedule here, let me tell everyone about about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's going to be Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Uh, Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes, and it's a ton of fun with social features that give it a feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower VIG, and fully customizable odds to create your own bets. Cut handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for money. Social features include uh, group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan graphs, and much more. They also have a rewards program, so 
If uh, you can get cash back on every single time you bet against your friends or other users, remember that Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to Cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. And use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by our friends over on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite and uh, favorite fantasy players all season long, whether it's in the NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, or college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Stay tuned at the end of the episode. Scott and I will put together our underdog fantasy entry for the Thursday night card. So you can watch along, maybe make your uh, own picks, and maybe make a little cash on underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with our very own promo code for the NBA Gambling Podcast, uh, make sure to use our promo code NBASGPN when you sign up for the first time because you'll get a first deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, support the NBA Gambling Podcast, get on Underdog Fantasy, and make sure to use our promo code NBASGPN. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Uh, Next game on the board here, we'll go over to the game between the, uh, probably the game of the night here, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are in Utah. Zig on the Jazz here tonight. Uh, The Jazz are currently catching three and a half points here against the Oklahoma City Thunder with a total of 244 in this game. And looking at the injury report for both of these teams here for the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, I am seeing where are the Thunder on the injury report. Uh, I don't see one yet for the Oklahoma City Thunder. For the Utah Jazz, pretty clean injury report. Again, everybody's healthy for this team. Only guys that are out are guys that are on uh, two-way deals uh, for the Utah Jazz. But, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus three and a half against arguably the hottest team in the association right now, the Utah Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz are inevitable. I'll go with Utah in this one. Actually, to listen to a decent interview, uh, which Hardy did with, I think it was Rosillo yesterday. So I actually mm-hmm. listened to that. I like, you know, overall, it seems like he's a smart guy. I like what he had to say. I like how constant he's trying to fluctuate the lineups, trying to find the chemistry, the right spots. And that is one thing I do like about Utah compared to other teams. They are really just fluid. Uh, they they yeah. are so able to adjust the amount of versatility that they have in lineups with the personnel they use. He's done a great job with that team. Yeah. Like simply put, I mean, they would start, they, I think they started the year like seven and 16 and now they're above 500. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Utah. They've been really good at home. I do think that even though OKC is a team that of course we do like a lot, I still get annoyed by their lack of size and it kills me in some of these matchups, but Utah has a lot of options. They have Kessler. They can throw in a Linux. They can throw in a even Collins. They can have some moments with double doubles. But I like this Utah team. Like they've been good and they're really good at home. I mean, Utah this season at home straight up is 15 and 5. We saw them last year being really good at home. I'm going to lean to Utah. I, I think that even though OKC is a team with more talent, I do think that once again, there are some flaws with this roster. And laying three and a half against the hottest team in the league right now. I'm not interested. I'll take the home team that's 15 and 5. I get the 100%. Um, 9 and 1 straight up over their last 10 are the Utah Jazz. 8 and 2 uh, against the spread in those last 10 games as well. And they have been 
one of the best, if not the best home teams against the spread here as well. I'm trying to pull up those numbers exactly here. But yeah, Utah, the best team against the spread uh, at home this season, 16 and four. That's a 80% cover rate. Um, and at home this season, they are also um, 15 and five straight up. And I think this is going to be a good uh, a game here. Obviously, with the Thunder, they've been struggling a little bit on the defensive side of the basketball as well. Maybe I think they're starting to get a little bit overvalued are the Oklahoma City Thunder. But on the road this season, they are 11-8 and eight, uh, straight up, 10-1-8 against the spread. They are 11-8 and eight towards the over. But as road favorites this season, the Oklahoma City Thunder 5-4 and four straight up, 4-5 and five against the spread, and 6-3 and three towards the over. Um, and they have uh, failed to cover three of the last five, sorry, four of the last five road games. Um, as a favorite this season. So I like what I've seen from this Jazz team. I mean, a lot of guys in the chat pointing out, you mentioned it as well, Scott, that they have players on this team that are all contributing from Lori Markkinen. John Collins has looked pretty good. Colin Sexton, uh, Jordan Clarkson, um, Oshi Abachi coming off of the bench for them. And like you mentioned, they've, they're they very well uh, head coached. Uh, uh, Walker Cluster, I didn't even mention either for this game here as well. So I like the Jazz here, plus three and a half. Uh, total sitting at 244 here. Scott, what are you thinking about that? I'm going to lean over. <laughs> I mean, I'm not taking an under with these teams. So, yeah, just because I think Utah has turned a bit of a corner doesn't change the fact the pace is going to be crazy and you're going to be ended, you're going to see a lot of just high-quality scoring chances with these teams. So I still like the over. That's probably my favorite play in this game. Uh, but I think you're going to see Utah hang in there. To answer uh, Andre's question in the uh, live chat, by the way, I don't think you can trade off players at this point, right? I mean, your team's actually playing good basketball. We talked before about how risky it is with the NBA draft trying to build through that nowadays, but Utah already has a bunch of picks. I mean, they got a bunch of picks with the Mitchell trade and with the Gobert trade. They really don't need to blow it up anymore. So I think Utah is going to let it ride. I mean, when you let it ride, you're the hottest team in the league right now. I think so. I think this was a conversation that we were having last season as well, that they had gone off to a very hot start and they were actually sitting as um, like for a very, very small amount of time. I think like the number one seed in the Western Conference. Obviously, we know that wasn't going to be sustainable, but was this the vision for this Utah Jazz team? I I don't know. I, I think they obviously do have players that on this roster that other teams can definitely use. And I think the big name is going to be Laurie Markkinen, but I mean, if I'm a Utah Jazz and I'm trying to build a team, I want Laurie Markkinen as one of my foundation pieces for this roster, and they look pretty good. Maybe a guy like Colin Sexton maybe on the move um, for this team, but I, I would I would definitely keep this roster intact right now, at least for the season, and see what I can get out of them. I mean, this team right now, again, like we mentioned, the hottest team, and they could possibly sneak in as a sixth seed or maybe even get into that play-in tournament. So, um, yeah, I mean, Going back to the total, I'm with you on the over here as well. Probably one of my favorite plays of the days, uh, probably play of the day here. Um, the Jazz uh, and Thunder team, to- sorry, Jazz and Thunder total to go over the 244 here. Let's get into player props here, Scott. What are you looking at? I'm not taking any unders. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> uh, I, I really I really can't in a game that I think can get into the 250s. First meeting in the season for reference, by the way, did happen in early December, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Thunder did win that game at home 134 to 120. So that game did go over uh, this posted number. Utah can come at you in so many different waves. And my favorite prop in this game overnight was home grin assists, which was two and a half, like minus 136. And now it's 170. So unfortunately, I missed that boat. Um, yeah, I, I think I got to stick with the star power here. I still don't think that anyone on Utah can actually guard Shea. 
So I think Shea's in line for a good game. Having mm-hmm. said that, though, I have seen Utah in the past. And maybe it was just against Giannis and other superstars, but they tend to double team a lot. They kind of rotate between zone defenses with some double teaming. So I actually wouldn't mind a Shea assist prop in this game. Uh, I'm not sure if OKC is going to, uh, once again, make any adjustments to that or if they're just going to let Shea make his own decisions. But I do think Utah might try to force the ball out of Shea's hands. Shea had 30 points in three quarters in the first meeting before they benched him because they were up by so many points. But Shea in that game also had seven assists. So I do think with how Utah has been defending opposing stars, I think they might double a lot. So I think that Shea assists is worth a look in this game. Yeah, he's had at least seven assists in four out of the last five head-to-head meetings against the Utah Jazz. The rebounds have been there for him as well. He's had... um, well, nobody can uh, rebound on the team, so yeah. they need to try. So if you want to take a look at the assist prop alone, I don't hate that uh, as well, like you mentioned, for SGA, but also maybe his rebounds and assists to go over as well. That number's at 12.5. I don't hate that. Um mentioned Collins, uh, Colin Sexton, his points prop uh, for this game. I believe I saw it at 19.5. He's gone over 20, or he scored 20 or more points in four of the last five games, six out of the last eight. Uh, for the Utah Jazz, he's been really good coming off of the bench for them. And in a game, like you mentioned, that we both do expect to see some points being scored in this game. Uh, definitely not going to be looking at unders, but I think the only pushback I would have against Colin Sexton um, or the only hesitation I would have is um, the minutes just haven't really been there for him. He's only averaging about, I think, like 22 to 23 minutes over the last five games. But um, I would look at also Walker Kessler rebounds in this game. Uh, like we mentioned, that the Thunder are not a very good rebounding team, and they haven't been historically. Kessler, he's just not getting the playing time. I know last season there was games where he was walking into 10-plus rebounds, but um, he's only averaging 19 minutes over the last five games. He hasn't gotten... His number's at six... Well, I think I saw it six and a half for his rebounds. Um, it's at plus 114. So he hasn't gotten over six and a half in... The last five games, but I think if we do expect to see points here and the pace to be up and shots to be getting up, um, I think that might be worth a look just at plus odds. But other than that, not much else for me in this game. Or Scott, you have anything else? Yeah, I'm going to go back to J Dub at uh, 24 and a half points and assists. He's just been very solid. You can argue maybe points, rebounds, and assists at 29 and a half. I like both, but I think he's in line for a good game. He's done well for me recently, particularly with the points. So I'm going to run that back. You mentioned Sexton. I do like his over 23 point and a half points and assists. If you okay. like assists only, it's at four and a half at plus money. And he's actually gone over in seven of the last 10 games. But Sexton, you mentioned the minutes are in flux. The entire Houston team besides Markkinen basically in flux minutes-wise. But he's gone over this number in four straight. So even with the limited minutes, he's been great. And I think that Sexton, with this line and with the current total for this game at 244, I like the over. Once again, he's 23 and a half. He's gone over 24 and a half, actually, in each of the last five. So uh, Each of the last four, I mean. So I'll go with Sexton over points and assists. J-Dub, I like as well for points and assists or rebounds and assists, whichever one you want. And I am going to go back to the first thing that I said in this game, which is going to be the angle on I'm trying to remember what I said. I don't know if I actually said J-Dub. it out loud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. J-Dub. Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think J-Dub's in line for a good spot. Yeah. Uh, Joel agrees with you as well. He's going to J-Dub props um, points. have been really good for him as well. I mean, he's really taking a leap this uh, year. Uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, yeah, I can definitely I get it behind. blocks, too. If you can find a line on that, I think it's going to be pretty appealing. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we can, if they have, I know they have this rebounds out and his points out. Let's see if we can find his blocks. 
It's one and a half minus one ten. It's a hell of a deal. He's one of the yeah. best shot blockers in the league. OKC does shoot a lot, but we know Shea and uh, J-Dub are not afraid of attacking the rim. Even Chet. Chet might challenge yeah. him a couple of times. That seems like a bit of a low number. Three games last season, Walker Kessler against the Thunder. I know the minutes were a lot more than it what has been this season, but those three games, seven blocks, four blocks, and five blocks for Walker Kessler. Yeah. By the way, Joel, that was the prop that I was going to say was Chet assists, except I gave it out on VEASAN last night at 136, and now it's at 170. So I'm, I'm not yeah. going to take it at 170. Yeah. All right, uh, Scott, before we get over to the next game on the schedule here for tonight, uh, let me tell everyone about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit, rate, hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Soar all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users Researching with Hall of Fame Bets or craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit HOFBets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. And Ross, we're brought to you by the SGPN merch store. 15% off of everything in the store now to the end of the month with promo code PLAYOFFS. Look, hey, we're in a competition. Let me get this ad banner on. Hey, look, I'm talking to you. You guys watching here. We're in a competition against some of the other or all the other shows across the SGPN network. And we're competing for a, a, a bonus here. And, and maybe hey, if we get the bonus, we'll, we'll maybe, you know, do something for our listeners if we do win that bonus. But go to the uh, merch store. Check out all the um, NBA gambling podcast gear that's on there. Maybe if you don't want a NBA gambling podcast here, there's some great SGPN stuff uh, on there. Uh, referee, our terrorist uh, shirt. That's one of one, one of our popular ones. Air Jordan shirts. I know wrist bets uh, uh, earlier this week had went into the merch store and bought some stuff um, using the promo code playoffs for 15% off. So appreciate him supporting the uh, NBA gambling podcast here. So we really want to win that uh, competition against the other shows. Uh, we're trailing right now, so we can only get there if we get your help here. So go to the merch store. That's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and make sure you use that promo code playoffs till the end of the month to get 15% off. And if you do buy something using that promo code and supporting the show, send us a screenshot, get into our DMs. We'll shout you out on the show as well. And then maybe we'll hook you guys up with something additional at the end of the month as well. So uh, go in and get there. Use that promo code playoffs uh, for the uh, 15% off till the end of this month. Uh, Nick asking who is winning. I think the last update I got was uh, J Mark show old, old fashioned football uh, is winning that competition. So, um, I mean, I know we do a lot more numbers in that show, but again, when we're trailing, that's uh, that's not good for the NBA gaming podcast. So only can get there with your help. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Uh, next game on the board here, two games left. Let's go over to the Indiana Pacers. They are in Sacramento tonight to take on the uh, Kings here. Kings currently sitting as a seven and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 248 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, let's start here with the Indiana Pacers. A lot of questionable tags here. So uh, Tyrese Halliburton's actually been upgraded to questionable for this game. Uh, Benedict Matherin, Aaron Neesmith, Obi Toppin are all questionable. Um, and then for the Sacramento Kings, I do not see an injury report submitted for them just yet. I know they didn't play last night either, uh, but maybe they're looking their wounds from uh, the collapse that they had against the Phoenix Suns the other night. But 
No injury report I do see for them yet, but I'm assuming everybody is healthy for this game for the Indiana. Uh, sorry, for the Sacramento Kings. Scott, let's start with a side here, minus seven and a half uh, in favor of the home team, the Kings here. What are your thoughts on the spread? Yeah, I think for this one, I don't know how you could lay it with the Kings. I, I get the argument is Indiana's a bit shorthanded. They didn't trade much, so I don't think they should be that shorthanded with the Siakam trade. Do you want to lay seven and a half with the Kings team that has been falling apart over the past week? Because I don't. So I'm going to lean to Indiana. Yeah, I uh, lean with Indiana here as well. Um, I don't think Halley will be back for this game, but it's interesting that he did get upgraded to questionable. I think they also played tomorrow. It's a revenge game. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. And then I was going to mention that, that it's a revenge game for him and obviously, obviously for Sabonis as well. So uh, keep your eye on the injury report uh, for um, – the Pacers, in fact, because like I mentioned, they have like about three to four guys that are questionable, but the more interesting tag is going to be Halliburton in this game here. Um, total sitting at 248 and a half here, Scott. Any thoughts on that? I'm not taking an under with these teams playing. So I'm going to, once again, Halliburton being questionable is actually an upgrade. So I'm going to yeah. lean over in this game. But once again, it's a game where Indiana, you kind of want to wait and see how they're going to look with uh, potentially Halliburton either coming back or not because. They've been really bad recently. Not a shock when you lose your best player, which could be a reason why they overpaid for Siakam. They got tired of seeing their team without uh, Halliburton in the lineup be useless, and they decided it was time to make a move. But I, once again, just can't take the Kings. I, the Kings yeah. have been so bad recently, and laying seven and a half, I feel like it's crazy. It's going to be a high-scoring game. should be fun. I look forward to watching it, but I don't know like seven and a half. This Kings team can't really close. I've questioned this team's off, uh, scoring depth for months at this point and they've done nothing to address it. They need to make it at least one move, maybe two, but I'm not laying seven and a half with a team that blew a 22-point lead in about the final six minutes of regulation last game. You can argue it's a good bounce-back spot, maybe so. I'm not going to do it. I feel better getting seven and a half than laying seven and a half in this game. Yeah, uh, the Kings at home this season, they've been very good uh, when they are just straight up. I think it's 13 and 7. I'll get back to that screen here in a second, but... When the Kings are a home favorite of at least seven points, they are only one and three against the spread, and they are seven and one. Sorry, three and one straight up in those games. And just overall, as a home favorite, uh, the Kings this season, twelve and six straight up. Uh, so they're doing well, but against the spread, only eight and ten uh, against the number, and they are twelve and six towards the over as a home favorite this season. And just overall at home, thirteen and seven straight up, curving at sixty-five percent or winning at sixty-five percent, I should say. And then they are only nine and eleven against the spread, uh, only covering 45% of those games here. So uh, give me the Pacers here as well. Uh, the total, um, I'm with you on the over. If Halley does, in fact, play, this offense has look, obviously looks completely different when Halliburton's not in the lineup. Um, but this is a game where do I trust the Sacramento Kings defense? Absolutely not. Um, so I would oh, yeah, only look at the over in this game here as well. They are turning towards the over over the last six games here where the under is five sorry the training towards the under over the last six games are the indiana pacers where they're five and one uh towards the under but again if halley does in fact play in this game i will be looking at the over uh for the game here between the pacers and the kings which leads us to player props in this game here scott what are you looking at yeah I like a bunch of overs once again totals about 250 so i think fox is a good game uh obviously i think monk has a good game too murray threes is always worth consideration he's been solid I still question his overall, I'd say, talent off the dribble, but he doesn't need to because he's a very good three-point shooter, I guess. So I, I like him in the spot. Uh, Keegan, 
For Indiana, it really depends on if Halliburton plays or not. I like his assists, of course, in a revenge game if he does play. I'm assuming we're going right back to Sabonis RA in this game or PRA or triple-double or something. Um, Sabonis has been really good to me. I think he's been my darling this season when it comes to player props on his rebounding. Uh, sorry, rebounds and assists. I know we, you and I, I think, talked about this on, yep. was it on the Tuesday show. Um, but he's gone... So back-to-back games, he's had a triple-double um, against the Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. And again, we talk about this uh, Pacers team that really doesn't have that low post present or guys that can rebound. I know Miles turns on this roster, but he's a guy that likes to hover around the three-point line and doesn't really grab those rebounds. Kind of triple JS where they're about, what, seven feet tall but can't rebound the basketball. Um, so Sabonis, yeah, I think should be in line here for at least a good rebounding and uh, assist night again. Again, if you want to get on his triple-double again, I uh, don't hate that look uh, for him. Uh, you mentioned De'Aaron Fox. I think he should have a good bounce back game here as well. Malik Monk as well. Um, so I think we're kind of lined up here as far as player props go again. But if uh, Halley does end up playing in this game, I'll probably definitely get back to his assist uh, for him in this game. Uh, you have anything else for this game, Scott? No, not really. I think we mentioned the main ones. Uh, once again, tough with Indiana, uh, not knowing uh, exactly who's going to be starting point guard for them in this game. But yeah. I love the main stars of the Kings. An impure spite play, give me Harrison Barnes under. Uh, but that's basically it. <laughs> um, yeah, I know guys talking about uh Siakam, he is not Doubtful, gonna be, but, yeah, not playing. Yeah. I think uh, the Pacers are on a back to back or front end of a back to back. I think that he did say he or the team said that he may make his debut uh tomorrow on Friday. Uh, based on the other know. trades around the league, like Bagley hasn't played yet with this new, yeah. it usually takes a couple days, so Siakam's yeah. not gonna play. Yeah, and then Pacers do play tomorrow uh, against Portland, uh, so maybe he does make his debut tomorrow against the Portland Trail Blazers. All right, Scott, let's get over to the last game of the night. Um, the Grizzlies, they are in Minnesota. It's going to be a later start here because it, I believe it's the second game of the doubleheader on TNT. But the Memphis Grizzlies, they are in Minnesota to take on the uh, Timberwolves in this game. Currently, as it stands, the Timberwolves are a 12-point favorite in this game with a total of 214 Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with a road team. Guys that are going to be out, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, Jake LaRivia, John Morant, Derek Rose, and Marcus Smart. Uh, Minnesota did play yesterday, I believe, yeah, uh, and they don't have an injury report submitted just yet. They are traveling from Detroit uh, back to Minnesota. don't anticipate that being a very long road trip or a uh, flight for the Minnesota Timberwolves, but nonetheless, they are on a back-to-back situation here. Uh, let's start with the side here, Scott. Minus 12 in favor of the Minnesota Timberwolves hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. I can't take 12 with the Pistons against the same team and then a late 12 against the Grizzlies the day after, right? I, I'm going to <laughs> go with Memphis in the spot. It's too many points, in my opinion. Now, I know that, once again, Minnesota's back at home, so I guess yeah. this spread is more reasonable, in my opinion. Minnesota was in good shape against Detroit, took their foot off the gas, didn't really matter. They won the game by seven. Uh, You're looking at the games this season. Minnesota's dominated. They won the first two games on the road by at least 22 points. We know how good Minnesota is at home. They're 16-2. and Memphis, quietly 11-10 and on the road, and they're Mm -hmm. 10 games under 500, so they're just really bad at home. I think I'm going to lean... Memphis is missing so many guys. Um, (laughs) Luke Kennard might be their starting point guard tonight. Uh, Desmond (laughs) Bain is injured. Clark's injured. Derek Rose, Marcus Smart, Ja. I mean, they're missing half the damn team. Yeah. I guess I'm going to lean to Minnesota just because Memphis is missing so many guys. Minnesota's been feisty. So I want to give them props. I mean, Memphis has been feisty. So 
Yeah. Uh, I actually don't know about this one. I think you know for what? like the I'll, Grizzlies. I'll take a stand here. I'll lean to Memphis. Why not? They've been good lately. Yeah, I think for the Memphis Grizzlies, like they have guys that like are stepping up um, in place, obviously with those guys being out, knowing that they're, I guess, playing for like the future, like for, you know, another contract or another team possibly picking them up and they're kind of seizing the moment. It's really guys that are coming off of the bench for them, right? It's like, it's Gigi Jackson, the second David Roddy, uh, Santi Aldama, they got back as well. Then they game against the golden state warriors. And I don't know how much stock we can put into this, but all four of the guys coming off of the bench for that team were in double figures uh, in that game against the Warriors. Um, Vince Williams Jr., I know we've talked about him on the pod. Um, he was very good in that game against the Warriors. Um, in a game where Jaron Jackson Jr. against the Golden State Warriors was 4 of 20, 3 of 14 from three-point land. So they need him to definitely be better. But they're getting, contrib- yeah, they're getting contributions from different guys here. So I think they can keep this within the number. Um, Timberwolves on a back-to-back situation this season, Scott. They're only one and two straight up and one and two against the spread. They are three and zero straight up. I'm uh, sorry, three and zero uh, to the over in those back-to-back situations. So, and I know you mentioned the numbers with the Timberwolves at home here, but I think for the Grizzlies, I think they could definitely stay within this uh, number here on national uh, TV on TNT here tonight. So, uh, I'll take the pesky Grizzlies here to keep it within the number here against. Yeah, the- I wanted to make a case, but the Grizzlies they, they don't give up. They're not talented yeah. at this point, but at least they try, which is yeah. what you kind of need for a 12-point spread for a yeah. dog. Uh, Andres makes a good point in the chat, asking if Edwards is even going to play today. It's a good point. He was questionable yeah. yesterday, ended up playing. He was good at 27 points, had yeah. a very impressive dunk in the first quarter, I think. But mm-hmm. with him playing 33 minutes last night, you can make an argument that he's still not 100%. Maybe they sit him in this game. That's a fair point. So with Edwards maybe being a late addition to the injury report, I am an only to Memphis. Yeah, that's a great call. Uh, I love that. Um, I was going to mention one more stat. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies have covered their last three games on the road and actually have won those games straight up on the road. Lakers, Suns, and Dallas Mavericks. All three of those games that they have won. Um, but I believe, I want to say Ja was playing in at least two of those games against... No, he didn't play in that game against the Suns. And then against the Dallas Mavericks, that was the first game on the road without Ja. Um, so again, they've been, like you mentioned, they, there's a team that tries hard. And I think that's all you can ask for when you're backing a team that's catching 12 points here, uh, especially with a team that's on a back to back, um, total two fourteen years, Scott, one of the lowest totals we've probably seen all season, maybe rightfully so here, but any thoughts on the total? Uh, I, I guess I'm going to lean over. I, I, I don't really know. Um, Memphis once again, shorthanded, but they've found ways to score kind of, yeah. And I do think Minnesota offensively can give this Grizzlies defense problems because Minnesota's def- um, because uh, Memphis's defense really does not have many high quality defensive players. Uh, you're looking at once again a solid rim protector in Jaron Jackson, defensive player of the year. You can argue once again he's a bit of an overrated defensive player, but still good defensive player in general. I think Vince Williams is okay defensively, but the point is you're kind of picking some. Uh, guys who you think can be good defensively or might be undervalued, but they don't have a lot of stoppers per se. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to lean over. It just feels like a pretty low total. Yeah, uh, I think I'll, I'll, I mean, if I like the dog here, I think that it sh- trends towards the under here. I don't know if it does because Detroit scored like 120. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, today, yeah, so that's a good point. Um, 
six and 11 towards the over. Let's just say 11 and six towards the under in uh, Minnesota's home games this season. I'll lean under. Um, I'm not going to have any money on it, but just to lean towards the under there. Player props here, Scott, anything you're looking at? Yeah, I think for this game, uh, Gobert rebounds, I'm never taking because that's just miserable. <laughs> Oh, I like I like Vince Williams. I mean, he got yeah. he got a contract and he's been really good recently. Yeah. So going through his actual performances on January 16th, he signed a three year deal worth seven point nine million. Uh, that was on the 16th. So it's his first game with a new contract. So what can possibly go wrong? Uh, yeah. I think he's in line for a good game here, though. Had a 27 and he had a 24, seven and four against the Warriors with two steals and a block, by the way. So maybe if you want to go for the new quadruple single prop, where you have like to get one point, one rebound, one assist, one steal, one block. Maybe he's got some value there. Uh, at 17, 8 and 8 against the Knicks. He's been good the last couple games. And there's a lot of opportunity for him with all the injuries. I like Vince Williams props. Yeah, that's a great call. I do like Vince uh, Vince Williams as well. Um Rudy Gobert, I'm not going to get behind because no, he always we can't, screws we can't me. Do it to yeah. Ourselves. yeah. Uh, but I will mention that the last game, our, these our two lives teams... have been so much more uh, stress free since we <laughs> uh, have completely stopped taking Gobert any props of his kind. Uh, I will mention that he did have a 20 rebound game in the last matchup uh, earlier. That's great in... for him. I'll, I'll remember yeah. that in passing when I don't bet him for rebounds. So, um, but other than that, maybe if you want to get behind his blocks. Uh, I know I think you've mentioned this a lot, Scott, that the Memphis yep. allow the most blocks um, to the opposition. So if you want to get there with Rudy Gobert. Um, I know that applies, that, though, because half the team's dead. <laughs> so most of the team that yeah. helped them get the most blocks against in the league is just not the same roster makeup anymore. So I don't even know if that's yeah, that. That's true. Water. Yeah. All right. Anything else for this game? No, not really. I think we mentioned the props that I'm interested in. All right, let's get into our picks here for tonight, our lock and dog, and then we'll put together our underdog fantasy entry. You want to lead us off? Uh, sure. Uh, so for my lock on the show, a couple options for the card. Of course, you know, it's probably going to be something in that Utah and OKC game, whether it's the over or not, but I mm-hmm. do expect a lot of points in that game. I think I am going to go with the over. I don't think I'm going to overthink this one. First game landed 254. I know Utah defensively has been better lately, but I do think OKC has the offensive firepower to still get openings against the team. Utah scored at least 132 points quite regularly. Uh, So to go through those last couple of games for Utah, I'm just going to read off points per game for Utah. Maybe I'm actually going to pivot at the last second, but to go through uh, the points totals here for Utah, 132 against Indiana. 132 against the Lakers, 145 against the Raptors, 124 against the Nuggets, 132 against the Bucks. So, yeah, do I? I'm trying to think if I actually like Utah and the Thunder over, or if I like Utah team total over more mm. in this game. Because OKC gave up 128 to the Clippers. I mean, defensively they've been better lately. So I guess I'm just going to go with the full game over. Give me the 244 and a half. I once again acknowledge that it's a high total. Do I care? Not really. I see a track meet. I see a lot of opportunities for these teams to have a lot of transition opportunities, a lot of easy looks. Give me the over of for this game as my lock. For my dog, I'm thinking if I want to go for any player prop that I'm tempted by, because I mentioned like the Wizards maybe keeping it close or the Grizzlies, but I'm, I'm going to take them to win the game. So I think for the sake of this one, uh, are there any player props I do like? Um... Let me see if I could find Kess. Uh, let me. Do they have Kess Horror quadruple single? Is it a minus? Okay, that might be interesting for me. 
Um, I'm actually trying to build the parlay, so I'm going to let you go first and okay. go back to me. All right. Uh, for my lock, um, there's a couple ways we can go here. It's it's going to be a stinky lock here. Uh, I got to take the points either with the Wizards or the Grizzlies here tonight. Um, I'll I'll take the give me the Grizzlies, man. Plus a twelve. Um, Minnesota, obviously, like we mentioned, traveling back uh, back home from the game against the Detroit Pistons in a game where it should have been a blowout for them, uh, but. You know, the starters played a lot of minutes. I know the guys pointing out in the chat that, that uh, Edwards plays in this game or not. I'm not sure because he's in with an injury himself. Um, and we talked about it. This Memphis Grizzlies team, despite all the injuries that they have, especially at the guard position, they still have dogs on this team. They're playing hard. They're still going to play hard. And like I mentioned, they've covered their last three road games uh, against somewhat quality opponents with the Lakers, the Mavericks, and the Phoenix Suns, especially without some of their key guys here. So, it's a stinky lock, but I'm going to take the points here with the Memphis Grizzlies plus the 12 here. For my dog, I'm going to go with that player probably like I mentioned with uh, Scotty Barnes, double-double, uh, plus 175. I really like this number here for him. He's had a, a triple-double in one game against the Chicago Bulls uh, this season and also a, a double-double in the second game. So he's had at least a double-double in both of the matchups this season against the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, we talk about re- uh, rebounding-wise for this uh, Toronto Raptors team. Um, Scotty Barnes now you know, kind of goes up to the list, especially with Yaka Pertle being out. But the Chicago Bulls are allowing the third most rebounds to that power forward position. I think that you could classify Scotty Barnes as that kind of you know rebounding guy, but I think the assists are also going to be there for him as well. So I'll take the Scotty Barnes double-double plus 175. I'll throw a bonus lock out there as well. I think both you and I like this, Scott. The uh, Emmanuel quickly threes over two and a half. The Chicago Bulls are allowing the most three-pointers made over the last five games to the opposition where they're giving up an average of 17.2 makes per game, and they're also allowing the most attempts. And it's not even close. They're allowing 47 attempts to the opposition over the last five games. The next closest team that's allowing the second most is the Miami Heat at 41.4. So they're allowing six more attempts per game uh, to the opposition. So that's how bad their uh, uh, three-point defense has been. So I'll throw in a bonus lock here for today as well. Um, Scott, you got that parlay for us for your dog? Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with a prop that I don't actually see a line on, but I still like it. I like quickly assists tonight. Uh, I'm curious what the default line is going to be. He had nine last game. You can argue that it's an outlier. But Chicago does allow a lot of assists per game. Uh, Chicago is currently ranking uh, 23rd. So just to go through the numbers here, that means that they are officially allowing, I think it's the eighth most assists per game in the entire mm-hmm. league. Without Siakam, quickly has the ball a lot more. The fact that he had eight eight rebounds and nine assists in a blowout last night tells me that Quickly's assists might be undervalued. I'm not sure what the line's actually going to be for Quickly, though. So it might be like my Hardenstein play yesterday where I kind of just took a line that I know is not going to be the default line, and I'll just take the alt. Give me – what do you think Quickly's line is going to be at? Like five so and a I half So I do maybe? see – yeah, I see five and a half minus 125. The over six and a half is at plus 160. Sure. I'll take the over six and a half assists for Quickly in this game. And then eight and a half if you want to really get spicy. Uh, or sorry, eight plus is at plus 260. And then uh, 10 plus is at 8 to 1. But maybe you get a better price on the double-double if you do build it for Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, I'll go for it, though. Give me quickly six and a half assists. 
There we go. All right. Uh, let's do our underdog fantasy entry here for tonight before we wrap up the show here. Uh, let's see here. Let me get to underdogfantasy.com again. Make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPN. Uh, support the show here. You'll get that first deposit of up to uh, $100 as a bonus, um, courtesy of Underdog Fantasy, but using that promo code NBA SGPN. Uh, all right, Scott, I guess we got to, or not guess, but I think we do got to go with Emmanuel quickly in some form or fashion here. Um, I'm assuming you want to do Barnes double double for some spicy payout if they have it. Oh, yeah, let's see here. Barnes. No, I do not want Harrison Barnes. Yeah, so his spicy double-double is at one and a half. We'll go higher on that. Uh, what else do we want to go? Um, do they have Vince Williams props? Um, I'm not sure they will. Oh, yeah, they do. Um, you want to go points is 11 and a half? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take higher on that. I mean, okay. his recent numbers, I, I he just got paid. Why not? Let him have a contract yeah. game. All right, I like that. Uh, where else do we want to go? We want to go something in that uh, Utah Jazz and the OKC game. I did notice, by the way, that Kessler did not play in that first meeting. Uh, so if you think that the blocks might have some value at one and a half, I think there might be. Uh, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on either. Sexton. It feels like you're not a big fan of because of the minutes and that issue. J-Dub's been good. You want to go to J-Dub? You want to go Kessler yeah. blocks? You have a choice. Uh, Kessler, they don't have listed. Oh, yeah, they do. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see if they have his blocks. They have his blocks at one and a half. And then Jalen Williams, his points are at um, 19 and a half. Or if you want to do like PRAs at 29 and a half. Uh, I, I feel like we probably should have something with Jada, right? Because the total is yeah. 240 and change. You want so, to do points? Uh, let's go points and assists. Okay. Points and assists is at 24 and a half for Jalen Williams. So we'll throw that in there. We'll go higher on that for J dub in this game. Uh, all right. So our entry for tonight is going to be Scotty Barnes. Double, double. We'll go higher on that. And that is one and a half spicy. And then we'll go Vince William higher 11 and a half on his points. And then we're going to go Jalen Williams of the OKC Thunder points and assists combined to go higher 24 and a half. That $50 entry will get you a return of $450. So again, go to underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use that promo code um, NBASGPN, and you'll get a first deposit bonus of up to $100 for um, from Underdog Fantasy and help support the show. All right, that is going to do it for this uh, edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, I got a tennis podcast coming up probably in an hour or so. So if you want some Australian Open coverage, got you covered there. Besides that, Terrell and I did record the NFL show for the Saturday divisional round game. So that's already been posted. If you want some uh, plays on the Packers game as well as the Texans game. There we go. Uh, make sure to check out the NFL Gambling Podcast as well. The divisional round uh, kicking off this weekend. How you feeling? Um, I mean, I don't have a lot of expectations because that's I how you should feel. This, yeah, you're happy. Yeah, to be this there. team. Yeah, just happy to be here. But, um, I mean, would I be shocked if they get blown out? No. Um, Baltimore is one of the more complete teams in the NFL. But when you always have CJ Stroud, um, yeah, I know it's a very short, a small uh, sample with him at the quarterback position this season. But you always have a chance, and I think we've seen crazier things happen. But 
I mean, I'm fully going into expecting this into this game, thinking that we do get blown out, but um, hopefully at least it is competitive. Uh, Keep for the, the expectations team. low, and then no matter what yeah. happens, maybe they'll you know make you happy as the game goes on. Yeah, that's why I've kind of program my mind. I was like, we're probably gonna lose like 34 to like 14 or something like that. Suddenly you're down head. 10 in the fourth quarter. Like you know, this isn't actually that bad. You know, yeah. I thought that we'd be down 30 by now. <laughs> Yeah, but again, yeah, brighter days are here for sure for the Texans. So it uh, should be a good weekend of NFL uh, football. We'll be back, or Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow for the Friday show uh, for the NBA as usual. Same time, same place. Tune us within stand. Appreciate everybody in the chat, man. We're seeing a lot of new faces showing up in the YouTube chat. Appreciate everybody. Y'all make the show go by. It's a lot um, It's a lot more fun interacting with you guys. So uh, if you have that time, uh, if you want to take a lunch break or Act like you're working. Come join us in the YouTube chat. A lot of great uh, sharp guys in there giving out their plays as well. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter. Uh, that's going to be at Rice Shell Radio. You can follow me there at SportsNerd824. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.